Hey everybody, it's Brad here. Before we get started with the show today, I wanted to take a minute and let you guys know about our coaching program we run here at Macros Inc. We believe that every person on the planet deserves to live their healthiest and best life. A qualified nutrition coach and personal trainer can be the key to living that life. At Macros Inc., we provide fully customized one-on-one nutrition coaching and online personal training that has changed the lives of 10,000 people and counting. We offer a two-week free trial for our nutrition coaching, and you can get started risk-free today. Just go to macrosinc.net slash services and sign up. Let's get into the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am Dr. Brad Dieter, the Chief Operating Officer here at Macros, Inc. And today we're going to be discussing energy expenditure and basal metabolic rate, that the right thing is the right thing, regardless of the money outcome. My recent obsession with YouTube uh, woodworking channels, our best month at Macros, Inc., and why you shouldn't rush through life. Let's get into it. All right, so today's discussion is, at least on the nutrition side of things, is going to be a little bit more geared towards the idea of energy expenditure, basal metabolic rate, kind of how we calculate um, calorie needs and, and macronutrients for for people, and a little discussion around that. So this kind of stemmed from a question that we got in our Facebook group yesterday. Um, selfish plug for that. Just go to macrosinc.net slash free group, or go to Facebook and search for Macrosinc. We have almost 250,000 people in there. You can join us. It's a lot of fun. We give you all the information for free. Go sign up. Go to the Facebook group. Do it. Get in there. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled program. So somebody had asked a little bit about like, hey, you know, how do we calculate calories for people? Isn't it just a guess, et cetera, et cetera? And really what I wanted to, to talk about a little bit on that is one, kind of how do we estimate energy expenditure for people? How accurate is it? And then the idea of basal metabolic rate. So how we calculate energy expenditure is based on these things called estimating equations. There's quite a few of them. Um, There's kind of the common ones like the Mifflin-St-Jor, the Harris-Benedict. These are all equations that you put in like your age, your height, your weight, um, your physical activity level, and it'll kind of tell you what your total energy expenditure is. Now, these, these, um, these equations have been developed based on actual like measurements of energy expenditure, right? We can put people in like these chambers that will actually measure energy exchange, right? We know that the human body is a system within the universe and we can actually measure changes in heat, right? This is thermodynamics. And we can measure that. And then we can do that in 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people. And we can take all the information that we can gather from them and we can develop equations based on like weights and parameters that's based on actual measured energy expenditure. So that's what these equations are based on. And there's been some recent developments with a lot more kind of sophisticated mathematical modeling out of the NIH, specifically Kevin Hall's lab, that gets us even closer. Now, these equations do have error in them, right? Let's just say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15%. So let's say you, the calculators give you, you know, 2,500 calories a day is your total energy expenditure, um, and you and now that's off by let's just say fifteen percent. Okay, so maybe your total energy expenditure is 
2800 or 2200 right? So the way that we've built our calculator is if, if your maintenance is 2500 and you're like, hey, I want to be in a deficit and I want to be fairly aggressive with it and I want to lose weight pretty quickly, and our calculator will roughly give you 500 to 700 calorie a day deficit, that means you're, you know, 1800 to 2000 calories is what the calculator will give you. <clears throat> you're still going to lose weight, right? You may not lose at the same rate as if the calculator was spot on, but you're still going to lose weight if you follow those numbers. So it's very rare that these calculators are so off that they're not useful. Now, there are some circumstances where your life or your circumstances may be pretty substantially different than what the calculators or the equations assume. And really, those comes down to, those come down to very extreme differences in physical activity, right? So if you're somebody who is super active, right? Like let's say you're training five, six, seven hours a day and you're working a job where you're on your feet eight hours a day. Or if you are like me and you don't move much during the day, right? You work an office job and you don't ever go to the gym, right? Like if you have zero physical activity and you put in like you're sedentary but modestly active, you may grossly overestimate your calories, so that's kind of how we determine energy expenditure. These equations are, are pretty accurate. They're not perfect, but for most people, they get us 90% of the way there. And then we can do some fine-tuning. Now, a lot of this is based on BMR, right? This is kind of estimating basal metabolic rate. <clears throat> What's interesting to me is BMR makes up the largest part of the energy expenditure equation. But in my opinion getting an accurate, like a true accurate BMR measure doesn't really matter for a few reasons. <clears throat> One, you can't really change it. Two, it's the least, it has the least effect on predicting whether or not you will lose or gain weight in the future, right? So if you take somebody whose BMR, two people who are essentially identical, one person whose BMR is 500 calories higher than the other person, that basal metabolic rate difference has almost no predictive value of whether the other person is going to gain or lose body weight. What is predictive is your total physical activity levels. And I think the reason for that is, if you think about what is the most mutable characteristic that changes with people over time, day to day, is their physical activity. So this is one of the reasons why when we think about energy expenditure... I care about total energy expenditure. The BMR component, I don't really care about, right? It's part of the math equation, but I can't change it. I'm not going to focus on changing it. Telling somebody they have a low BMR isn't helpful. Telling somebody they have a high BMR isn't really helpful. So what we do is we try to focus on what are the things of your total energy expenditure that we can put in to, to try to get as close as possible. What are the variables that are pretty mutable, changeable, that we have some control over, and that will actually really affect the outcomes of what your what your total calorie needs are going to need to be. And that's generally your physical activity, which is both your exercise and your non-exercise activity. So that's the total energy expenditure or calorie needs. And then people have asked, like, hey, how do you determine what macronutrients people should be? Well, the answer to that is we base it on a few things. One is we always try to work first from kind of a, a protein perspective. And the reason for that is that's kind of the easiest one in terms of like, hey, let's pick a number. And it's kind of irrespective of your your like 
actual goals and desires and like personal preferences, right? We know for maintaining lean body mass and optimal health, somewhere between 0.7 and 1 gram per pound is probably as close to optimal as you can get. So we kind of start there. We generally, the calculators that we've built generally set people kind of closer to that low end range of about 0.7, just because most people that's kind of a, a good protein intake need. And then from there, we base it based on your personal preferences and your physical activity level, right? We know from decades of research that the more physical activity you engage in, the higher intensity that physical activity and the longer duration an individual session of physical activity is, the more your body is going to rely on endogenous and exogenous carbohydrates to fuel that work. So if you're somebody who is, you know, an endurance athlete, your carbohydrates are going to get skewed. Like the leftover calories after we account for protein are going to be a little more heavily skewed towards carbohydrates. If you're somebody who's, you know, highly sedentary, you maybe go to the gym three days a week, you lift weights for an hour, you prefer maybe a lower carbohydrate approach. More of those calories left over after we've now accounted for um, protein and carbohydrates is going to end up going to to dietary fat, right? So that's kind of roughly how that works. Now, there is some nuances and some details, but for all intents and purposes, that's really how that works. Now, once you kind of get those types of numbers and you understand that, there is a lot of room you can move in there, right? You can move calories up or down a couple hundred calories a day, depending on what your goals, your time frame, et cetera. You can move your protein requirements up or down a little bit. You can move your carbohydrates up and down a little bit. And you can move your fats up and down a little bit. So the numbers are kind of starting points, right? They're, they're guidelines. And that's really generally how we, we, uh, we explain them to people. And when we're coaching, how we even use them ourselves. So if you're interested in getting your macros and your calories calculated, go to macrosinc.net slash calculator. And then if you want some input, um, get a macro check down in the group. And then if you still need more help guess what? We offer coaching, macrozinc.net slash services. That's it for Nutrition Insights. All right. Next topic is a business topic. And um, this is just kind of something I was just thinking about the other day. In the right thing is always the right thing to do, right? In every situation, there's usually something you feel like is the right choice. And there's a lot of times you, there's options where you feel like it's the wrong choice. And the right thing is always the right thing. And sometimes doing that right thing means more money. Sometimes that means less money, right? Sometimes doing the right thing means you know a better business decision and it means uh, better client relationships. And it ends up actually being... A higher transactional value and you can get more money and wealth out of it. The other times, it means making less money, right? Less profit, uh, less wealth, less advancement, etc. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the game, right? You'll find situations where the right thing is financially beneficial and you'll find situations where the right thing is financially less beneficial. But the thing is, you, you kind of always have to do the right thing um, or you should always try to do the right thing. And the reason for that is you can always make more money. You can't really go back and redo the integrity piece, right? Once that's kind of gone, it's gone. And I think one of the lessons here, you know, is like you can always make more money. I actually 
my roommate in college taught me that lesson. We were, it's like a Friday night and we'd all been out, you know, doing what we do in college and he'd had a little bit too much to drink and we got back to our apartment and, uh, he was like online shopping and he was like buying just a whole bunch of stuff. Like he think he had like a four or $500 bill that he was like buying stuff. Right. And when you're in college, 500 bucks is, seems like the world, right. That was probably like a semesters of food money for me. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just buying some stuff. I was like, dude, that's so much money. He's like, eh, it's okay. I can always go make more money. And I was like, that's true, right? Um, so just think about that when you're kind of making business decisions is the right thing is the right thing. And generally, you can always get more money, but you can't go back and redo something. So that's the business insight for the day. All right. What am I learning today? Um, I have been on a kick, a obsession, a YouTube rabbit hole of woodworking channels. Um, I'm trying to... Well, I just bought a new desk for my office. Um, and I'm starting to shop around for a new dining table, which welcome to, I guess, middle-aged life where you get excited about dining tables and office desks. Um, but I was... I, this somehow got me down like a YouTube rabbit hole of looking at like tables. And then that got me into looking at woodworking. And um, it's, it's so fascinating to see like different crafts around the world, um, how good people can be at what they do, how much knowledge there is in some of these, like just different crafts and stuff like that. Uh, and it was just, it's just so interesting to me. Like I think about the level and depth of knowledge like our coaches have about their field of study and, and their work and their career and just like how much knowledge you can get from other people in other fields. Um, so like one of the things I was watching is this guy made one of those like live edge tables where he like filled in the holes with the epoxy and just like all the different crazy stuff that he did to this table that didn't really look that difficult but you're you're thinking like how many tables did it take this guy to figure out like this is the best way to pour and set this epoxy like this is the best way to get rid of the like imperfections like this is the best way to deal with cracks in the table this is the best way to move like all the little finite details of of how people can actually learn to do their craft is pretty amazing so that's what i'm learning today is woodworking youtube channels yep that's it that's what I'm learning today. All right. Daily win. Uh, daily win. Today is April 1st. This is not an April Fool's joke, um, <clears throat> but we just closed out our best month ever at Macros Inc. in terms of uh, new clients. So, we did set a record for new clients, but what's awesome is it didn't feel like it was a big strain on the company. Uh, you know, we we've hired the people to process intakes. We've hired enough coaches to make sure that people you know get their consults done within the first you know forty eight hours. Um, it was just really awesome to see you know sales processes working, intake processes working, our hiring and training of new coaches processes working great that we can hire coaches, bring them in, have them ready to go. Um, and that they kind of are just, it's a well-oiled machine of like the logistics and operations, right? Our, our actual like coaching with clients, um, 
is such a personalized individual experience. Um, but the like the well-oiled machine of like, hey, we can we can have a client sign up, we can get all their paperwork done, we can get them scheduled, we can get them onboarded, we can get them assigned. Like we can do all that very seamlessly and try to make that experience um, as seamless as possible for our clients and that we can kind of take in a record number of people and not experience, you know, too much stress and strain on, you know, the, the coaching department in our company. So that was actually super, super cool uh, to, to see that. So, you know, both from just like a business growth standpoint, but also like, hey, you've built some systems, you can kind of test them, how bulletproof are they? So that was super cool. That's a daily win. Daily learning lesson is you have a limited amount of time on this planet, right? If you break it down like into days, weeks, months, years, hours, seconds, whatever, you really have a very limited amount of time on this planet. And one of the hard parts, I think most of us is we're, tr- we're in a rush to get through things, right? Like we just want to get to Friday. Uh, we just want to get to the next vacation. We just want to get to the end of a project. We just want to get through a stressful period. We just we we always just want to get to the next thing. And I'm like probably the most guilty person on the planet of this. I think my whole life I've always been like, hey, I just want to get to the next milestone because once I'm there, I feel like I'll be happy. Um, I just need to accomplish this next thing and then I feel like I'll be there. Or, God, I really just want to get through X, Y, and Z and then things will be better. Um, but life is like, life is what we have, right? All those experiences that we're trying to rush through are what our life is. So you have a limited amount of time on this planet. Don't be in a rush to get through it. Enjoy the good, enjoy the bad, enjoy all the minutes and seconds you get because those that's it, right? Um, you have a limited amount of time. Don't be in a rush to get through it. That's it for the day. No April Fool's jokes here. Uh, not that I'm not a funny person. I just don't have any good jokes for you guys today. So... That's it. April 1. I'm Dr. Brad. I'm out of here. I will see you guys tomorrow.